Welcome to episode 55 of the Grassroots Guy podcast with me, your host, Harry Purdy. I've just said to uh, today's guest, I'm on a bit of a roll with the Alliance guys that I'm a member of at the moment. Um, today, I'm welcoming on self-confessed sleep, men's health coach, Danny Wilson. How are we doing, Danny? I'm very well, sir. I'm always very well. How are you hey, today? I'm uh, really privileged to have you on. I know you're an incredibly busy guy and um, somebody... I look up to, I suppose, in regards to the world of personal development and um, Paul Mort's alliance group. You you set the bar, you set the standard really high, and I know that's something that you try to do. And again, somebody I spoke to at the last quarterly event to get on the podcast, just to find out a little bit more about you, um, hopefully offer my listeners some well-needed, probably, advice and tips and value yeah. on sleep and general health. So um, one thing I want to ask you straight away, mate, is how would you describe yourself as a coach and what is your specialties? So my specialty, it's really difficult because I've, I've kind of moved away from one-to-one coaching really. And I'm more toward, I'm more towards course creation, speaking to um, a pretty, pretty knowledgeable business coach who's, who happens to be a friend of mine, which is lucky because I can pick his brains every now and then. And he said, there comes a point where you've got that much knowledge and that much experience that you need to productize it. And that's what I did. So in answer to your question, sleep, sleep, sleep and lifestyle adjustments is where my area of expertise without being sick in my mouth um, lies. Yeah, no, I I love that. Um, And with yourself, like, I want to I want to find out a little bit more about you, Danny. Yeah, Obviously, we like I see you now as Danny Wilson, sleep coach, men's uh, lifestyle change coach. Well, however mm-hmm. you want to describe it, like everybody sure, gets out gets out what they put into all of these things. We know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where like I only know Danny Wilson as somebody that I look up to straight away. Where was Danny Wilson ten years ago, fifteen years ago? Cool, man. Wow, what what a great question. So. I've been I've been involved in health and fitness, as in I've been training myself for 26 years. Um, wow. I'm an ex uh, ex doorman, ex military, uh, ex petrol tanker delivery driver with a glass back. So it was my back in the end which forced me to change careers. So I stopped being a petrol tanker driver and I opened a supplement shop. I opened a supplement shop. Um, Pretty much just as the internet was getting really popular, which means that my supplement shop absolutely bombed because everybody wanted supplements at the same price as the internet and I wasn't a, a, a kind of place that I could do it. Um, started thinking about being a personal trainer. Everybody was telling me that I should be a personal trainer because basically for 26 years, I've been helping people for free. So um I decided to just kind of throw my hat into it. I was a little bit nervous. I was a little bit scared because of the unpredictability of, of the personal training um, environment. So did that. Got to the point where I've got two boys and I was missing out on too much stuff because the life of a personal trainer, as you well know, is early starts, late finishes. So it means that I couldn't take my kids to school. It means that I couldn't go to sports day. I couldn't do parents evening, couldn't do any of the, of the dad stuff that I wanted to do. Um, speaking to one of my best friends, who was a very successful uh, online business owner. And he was like, Dan, come on, what are you doing? Messing around in gyms. You need to, you need to, the, more people need to be able to talk to you and, and speak to you. So he helped me move online. Um, and that's kind of professionally, that's kind of led me to where I am now. Um, ex-competitive bodybuilder was a, the biggest bro that you've probably ever met in your whole entire life. Fasted cardio, fish and rice, the lot. Chicken um, and broccoli, mate. <laughs> the lot. Fish to thin the skin, uh, lemon water in the mornings to cleanse the liver and help you burn more fat. All of the bro stuff. Got that obsessed, that... Um, it actually, it, it caused my marriage to break down, which made me, sometimes you need a little slap of reality in the face to kind of bring you down to the level that you're supposed to be. So 
I had a little reflection on on me, but on me, on how selfish I've been, on how um, how how bad a husband I was, how how bad a father I was, because I was so obsessed with bodybuilding, like so obsessed. Like I would leave christenings, I'd leave funerals to go to the gym. I'd take um, it was my my nan's funeral. One of the things I massively regret was my nan's funeral, and I was eating smelly fish and. Um, broccoli because I was six weeks out from a bodybuilding show. Um, so all, all of this kind of came to a head and my wife went, who won, mate? I've, I've had enough of this shit, which forces you to have a long, hard look at yourself. And I didn't like what I saw. And that's when I started to get more into the personal development side of things. Um, you know, I lost 20 kilos. I, le- I leaned right down. Down. my outlook on life completely changed and it was because of this change that it that almost forced me into where I am now as more of a kind of lifestyle coach uh, helping guys who, who've basically fucked up helping guys who want a little bit more out, the, out their lives helping guys who've tried and failed the ex-bros type thing uh, which led me to it's, I've, it's, I've been down so many rabbit holes, but the most powerful rabbit hole when it comes to self-development I've, is, is when I discovered how super-powered um, sleep optimization was. And, so that, and that's led me to, to kind of where my business is now. Wow. What a, what a story and so many um, little subjects we can dive straight into. One, yeah. obviously, I want to keep talking about you for a minute, Danny. You, yeah, you yeah, mentioned... The situation at your grandmother's funeral, where you look back and like with with sincere regret. Yeah. What was the biggest fundamental change from Danny then to Danny now? What was it you had to overcome within yourself to be the Danny Wilson that we see on our screens today? Do you know what? It it wasn't difficult because sometimes you need to experience masses of tragedy before you change so it, it it wasn't like i went oh fucking hell i'm gonna have to stop going to the gym it was like you fucking idiot are we, am i okay to swear are we yeah, yeah 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 carry on mate i was like you fucking idiot you've you fuck things up so much so then it, it was like straight away it was like right you're not a fucking bodybuilder anymore you fucking idiot you're not spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds every month on supplements and uh, just to get a little stupid little fucking plastic trophy so it was it, it wasn't a it wasn't a difficult decision it was a like i fucking hate the guy that i used to be i'm embarrassed of the guy that i used to be so now i need to just i need to move forward and i completely changed i grew my hair i lost 20 kilos i changed my outlook uh, i changed the way that i spoke to people i changed the way that i because i was a typical bro and i thought everybody else was a prick wow everybody I was a typical bodybuilder that looked down on people for fucking because they weren't competitive bodybuilders and all that just just dissipated and just and just left and just gone it's and it's 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 never come back bodybuilding in itself um I mean one of the first people that I ever admired within the fitness fitness industry and I know people have their opinions on him uh, is James Smith and yeah, James yeah. Smith like says about the bodybuilding industry to be built on people's insecurities and did you ever have any of them yourself mate with when you oh. were competing was it was yeah, that absolutely. the reason why you kept doing it absolutely yeah i that i first started lifting weights because i wanted to be imposing i wanted to be big and strong because i was always dead skinny i, I actually saw it was the the film commando with arnold schwarzenegger when he, <laughs> pick, he picks up that log and, it, and you just see his arm and he's got that log on his shoulder like that i just went ah that is for me. Alpha um, male. And that's, yo, full on, picking up a, chop, smoking a cigar, chopping down trees <laughs> in a forest and then carrying it back to his house. Oh, all day. Loved it. Loved all that. Um, I don't know. I've lost my train of thought now. What, what, what was the question? Yeah, no, no. It was like about the insecurity side of the game of bodybuilding. Obviously, yeah. it gets... Um, of course, there are people that just probably love it. And I'm sure at the time you did love it. But of oh, course, God, it, leads, yeah. it, it leads, it's, Me- leads down its own negative path. Mentally, it fucks you over completely. I think, in my experience, 
Uh, I always wanted to be the biggest in the room. If there was someone in the room bigger than me, I fucking hated it. So I, so, so, so then I would be massively insecure and I'd be like, right, I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to eat more. I need to go to the gym more. And this is fucking bullshit. And I'd just be in a knock and everyone with me would know that I was in a knock. Um, and then the, the really weird thing is you then diet down for 16 weeks to stand on stage covered in tan and a little tiny pair of pants <laughs> to tell for a group of eight people to tell you that you look shit. So it's just mentally, I wouldn't, if my, I would, I would be, I wouldn't encourage my kids. I wouldn't encourage my boys to get into competitive bodybuilding. Of course, like it sounds to me like there's some form of re- not, well, yeah, I suppose I'm going to say it a little bit of regret from the, the time that you were in it. What are the mm-hmm. gifts that you took from that situation, Danny? Like what were the gifts that you took away from the bodybuilding game? It's yeah, it's a weird one. I don't think it's regret because it can it had to happen for me to be who I am now. Yeah, fair play. So I had to go through that bullshit um, for me to be who I am now. I still train, I still love the gym, but I train now. I train one to be a shining light for my boys. So my boys know that I'm 45 years old and I'm in better shape than all of their dads. I'm in better shape than anybody in the playground. So I want my kids to go, God, my dad, he leads a healthy life. I eat right, I go to the gym, uh, but I don't go to the gym now to get massive. I go to the gym now to for more for longevity, more for, yeah, I want to take the top off and I want to be lean, but I don't go to the gym now and try and eat 8,000 calories a day and... Do you know what I mean? I'm not, it's my, my focus has completely changed. So I don't regret it in that way because it's kind of built the foundation because I am, I'm still, you know, fairly muscular. So it's built the foundation that I've got now. So like now I run marathons. Now I'm more into endurance. So people are like, wow, the fuck is that? He's a bit big for a fucking marathon runner. Yeah. yeah. Just run a marathon. What the fuck? So, so I love that. I love, I love people going, I thought you were a bodybuilder. No, just run a marathon. What fucking hell does that work? Do you know what I mean? I, I love all that. Yeah, amazing, mate. That's that's like uh, <laughs> I can imagine seeing you finish at a marathon. You get a, you get a few strange looks. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, you mentioned you were in the military. Yes. What did that do for you as a young man, and how did that affect your mindset growing up? Um, so I was in the military for five years from when I was nineteen to till I was twenty-four. Uh, I was in the RAF regiment. Oh, wow. Um, it was a strange time. It almost feels like it. it's a, it's another lifetime away because it was, you know, I'm 45 this year. So it was, it was, a, it was 20 years ago. Um, the military life was very different in the late nineties to kind of as it is now, things that were acceptable, things that weren't acceptable. So when I was in the military, it was tough. We, we, we were getting, there was no real health and safety. It was like, ah, and if you if you back chatted anyone or if you fucked up, you'd get a, you'd get a hiding. It's kind of not like it is now. So, what it did do is it's instilled a level of discipline in me, which probably was why I could kind of stick to diets and stuff when when I was bodybuilding. Um, yeah, I think it's more to do with the discipline, more to do with the appreciation for working with other other guys living in close proximity how to treat other people how to talk up to people how to talk down to people um yeah i'd say that's that's what it kind of that, that's what it did to me do you have any um go-to memories from your time within the military that like summed it up for you it was there a time in there that you loathed was there a time in there that you loved was there any tours really? that it was yeah when see when i was in there was a, the only thing that was going off. I went to I went to Kuwait. I went to Kosovo, but nothing, nothing major. It wasn't like it was before Afghanistan and before Iraq properly kind of kicked off again. Um, so, not, there's not nothing, nothing real. Like I said, it's if it, it's like a different lifetime. Yeah. I sometimes look at photos and I'm like, was that me? That? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a picture there of me sat on top of a Land Rover uh, in the desert, and it's like, who's that guy? 
wow, <laughs> that's just that's just nuts, you know. Hundred percent. So, Danny, you are. I'm going to call you a all round expert within men's health and well being. Okay. Where do that. you think? Where do you think men, modern day men, go yeah. wrong with their lifestyles at the moment? Uh, I think men are too soft. I think men accept too much shit. I think men drink too much booze due to social, due, due to kind of social pressure. I think they, I think they eat too much shite and I think they snort too much coke. I mean, it all fits in with the narrative of like what you put in, you get out, right? Um, what you eat, what you 100%. watch, what you listen mm. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned you mentioned there like booze as being one of the biggest fundamentals and being a 29 year old um i've well when i was at my biggest it was a massive part of my life mm. was it ever a big part of your life and how did you or how do you cope with the social pressures of not drinking oh 100% no i i i still i do drink but i drink in in like such masses of moderation masses of moderation is that even a thing I, drink, do. I, I understand what you mean. I lit. I limit myself massively. Um, I, 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 I give you an example. I was at a wedding on Friday, um, and I said to my girlfriend, "I'm having five drinks throughout the throughout the day and the night. I'm having five drinks. That means I can have a nice time." She's like, well, "Why have you got to put all these limits on yourself?" It's like, "Well, because I know that I can have five drinks and I can have a really, really good time, and yeah. I can be okay the next day. If I start having six, seven, eight, nine, ten, the law of diminishing returns means that it goes from a really good night to a really shit night because I'm, I'll am i be too drunk, which means that I'll be hung over the next day, which means I won't be a good, I won't, I won't be a good role model to my kids. I don't, I don't think my kids have ever seen me hung over because I just, I just don't like it. Um, so I still, I still do drink, but if we, if we roll back 18 months, I was probably drinking every day. Um, ev- like literally every day, um, not to excess, but when you look at the cumulative effect, I was probably having, we had a beer, beer machine in the kitchen, which doesn't help at all. Was that so through I, lockdown, Danny? Just out of interest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lockdown, lockdown was like your five o'clock pint turns into a three o'clock pint and your three o'clock pint turns into a one o'clock pint. And then one pint turns turns into three. And with the beer machine, I'd pour a pint. I'd be making making tea for everybody. I'd pour a pint, neck off of it, top it back up again, bump. And it was it was it's delicious. It's it it was like better than a pub. It was just phenomenal. The 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 the, the taste of it. But I'd be having two to three, pretty much every night. Wow. And then over weekend, I might have four or five. And then on a Sunday, I might have another four or five. And it was getting to the point where I wasn't hung over. I was just permanently not at 100%. And it, st- it made me start thinking. In fact, it was Chris Williamson. I don't know if you're onto Chris Williamson from, from the Modern Wisdom podcast. podcast. Mate, yeah. he, he was talking about, um, I think he was a thousand days sober. I think. I've, that rings so, a bell to me as well. There was a video that I watched and he was talking about you know what it's like and i'm thinking everything that he's saying there is is how i kind of feel now so i thought oh, fuck it i'll do i'll do 28 days i'll do i'll do 28 days i just won't have a drink for 28 days which i did and it, it ended up being six or seven weeks in the end because i liked it i liked the energy i liked the I like not having the fear, not waking up the next day and going, oh, fuck, I've got this to do, or I've got that to do, or I've got a coaching call to do, I've got a podcast to do, and not give it. I couldn't give I couldn't give my 100%. So I did six weeks, six, six or seven weeks, I think it was. And that little stint there, it completely and utterly reset my relationship with booze, like, like, like totally. So I would go, I'd have... Like if we went out for a meal on a Saturday night, I'd have four or five pints, six pints. Now I go for a meal, I might have one pint. Or I might have, we'll go out on a Sunday, I might have one or two pints. Whereas up until I did that little, almost like a reset, 
I would happily, no problem, I'd have five or six pints. And I'd have one or two pints and I'd be like, right, now I'm feeling it. Whereas now I can enjoy one pint and go. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's... no, I, I resonate with you 100%. Me and, me and my partner have a little, like, I don't mind having the odd one or two drinks yeah. at home on a Saturday night. Whereas she would rather not drink if we're not going out and have yeah. a lot like on a night. And don't get me wrong. Like I can do yeah. both still. Um, but I know that if I do have more than that six number that you're talking about, you know, that the next day or two days or even on a worst case, yeah. booze up three days, yeah. you're not at your optimal self. 100%. 100%. Um, picking up on another one of your points that you made regarding like where modern day men potentially go wrong is you said um the words too soft now i know we're in a, a we're in an era where some people will listen to you say too soft and go oh, and like maybe as well like two and a half years ago danny i'd have been like too, like too soft slightly harsh mate you know what i mean mm-hmm. what do you mean by that it's interesting that you've just said that because it, it does certainly seem that we ca- you can't talk about this kind of stuff. You can't. It's, and I'm not saying man up. What I'm saying is stand up for yourself a little tiny bit. Yeah. Set yourself some um, harder boundaries. Don't get pushed about. Make strong decisions. From what I can see, I'm, I, we're all guilty every now and then. I do it sometimes with a girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, whatever you want to do, babe. We're all guilty of not being able to make strong decisions. And it's not making those strong decisions, which forces you into, you get complacent. And before you know it, you're having two or three takeaways. You're having, you, you get your boozing and sniffing every, every weekend. You, you kind of, I'll go to the gym tomorrow type thing because you just, you just become massively complacent because you, you lose the ability to make strong decisions and hold yourself to, to a, a higher level. Um, you've only got to look around at the way, the way that a, a lot of men don't seem to really be bothered about the way that they dress, about the way that they hold themselves, the way that they speak to people, the way that they let other people speak to them. So it's not a case of, of man up. It's, it's like, it's a case of having, being able to set strong boundaries and have the confidence to enforce them. I think a lot of the times when men set strong boundaries, when they make strong decisions and they say no, the whole toxic masculinity comes out. You can't talk to me like that. Why are you being like that? It's like, I'm not, I'm not being a dickhead. I'm just telling you that this is what's happening. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And the, one of the fundamental things, and look, um, don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect with it, but there is so much value and so much benefit from saying, even to your um, wife, girlfriend, partner, whoever it may be, no, every now and again, even yeah. your parents. Oh, do you want to, like, can, can you come over and see me today? You've got a stacked diary. It could be the one thing that, like... Mm-hmm stresses you out in the day you know what i mean you'd stretch yourself too much and saying no can we do another day may actually save your energy look after yourself a little bit more and i totally agree with you um there's uh the book essentialism have you read it um i've i've got it on my kindle i've got about i've got about nine books on the go on my kindle because i'll read a book like if i hadn't have read essentialism after this, I'd have gone, I'm going to go and get essentialism now. Yeah, and, I'll, yeah. and I'll start reading that. But yeah, I've um, I've looked through it. It's, it's, it's a good book. It's all about stripping things right down, isn't it? To the, well, the essentials, the, be- the bare bones of what you need to do, which is, which I, which I absolutely love. 100%. And um, I think, don't get me wrong, and I mean no dis- disrespect to the author of the book, but basically it's a long way around just saying no to things that actually aren't that important. Like, do you yeah. need to go to a, a a meeting about a meeting at work? Can you tell your boss that actually you don't need to be at that because you've got some other priorities to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or for example, for you, Danny, you miss, 
like you you gave up bodybuilding did you really need to be a bodybuilder the answer was no did you need to keep your fitness up yes did it allow you to spend more time with your lads yes so where did you get more value well it was actually away from the bodybuilding so mm-hmm. i think it's a real um real insightful way of looking at it and then just finally on your um points regarding mm-hmm. where modern day men go wrong which you flagged up and i think it's a massive i've said this on this podcast before and i'm sure people um say like think maybe they think of me as boring but i don't care the drugs culture in modern day society in general i think is scary it's um, ridiculous you they said like i'm making this up on the spot you they say you're never further than what is it six foot away from a rat um i think you're never further than six foot away from a bag of cocaine these days no and it's, and it's do you know what i think it's scary i've got two boys my my boys are um 13 and eight and it's not going to be long before my 13 year old maybe maybe i am Maybe I am being naive to think that he's not, he doesn't have friends that have experienced stuff like that, but it seems to be getting younger and younger and and younger. 100%. They know about stuff. And it's like, I know that when I was 12, 13, 14, I didn't know what any any of that was, but it seems to be now that, whether it's social media, whether it's like kind of TikTok, um, Instagram, that kind of thing, whether it's YouTube. Um, obviously, you know, I keep saying I'm 45. It's actually mad. I can't believe I am. But when I was a kid, I didn't have, didn't have phones. Didn't have, didn't have access to the internet. Well, the fucking wasn't the internet, you know? It's go back to bodybuilding. When I was, when I was bodybuilding, when I first started, the only information I could get was reading flex magazine from about three months ago in the gym there was there was no um there was no internet and all that kind of stuff so i think kids boys men they have access to all this information about drugs and that kind of thing so it's it's just all it's everywhere 100 percent, yeah and like you've only you've only got to look at the tv uh for and modern day music like yeah, of, yeah, it's everywhere, man. All of the rappers, like they sing about it. I think I know the answer to this question from you, but do you believe that's because with the booze and with the the cocaine use or drugs in general use, do you think it's because people are missing a void at the moment or have a void? Sorry. Um, I don't. I, that's a really difficult question because it's. So socially acceptable now. It's not just outcasts. It's not just the dregs of society that do it. So I don't know if I don't know if if everybody who partakes has a void. I think maybe a few years ago when it was like, oh my god, hey, such and such is doing such and such. Now, if you're not doing it, you're almost the outcast. If you're not in that, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 a, it's a tough mm. one. There's definitely, I think, in in a lot of cases, yes, someone is missing something, and they're using that to to almost numb the pain or to take to take the feelings and the memories away. Uh, which sometimes you can understand. There's a lot of a lot of shit going on in the world at the moment, so you can you can understand why people would want to escape reality for a little bit. Yeah. No, I I totally get you. So <clears throat> from from your personal perspective, then and. Like I'll just really for an opinion, do you kind of separate the recreational use, like I don't know, going to a house event and using something every three months, once in once every quarter or whatever, mm-hmm. to using it weekly? There may be a difference between people having avoided using it weekly to just kind of being a social norm and being a bit more acceptable now. Then, yeah, I, I would I would say so. I would say there is a difference. I would also say that. I had a conversation with this with, with, with a mate of mine last summer. I believe if you if you have it most weekends, I, I think you're still a, you still have a, a, a version of an addiction yeah. because you can't have two pints without ringing someone. So I, I, I still think that yes, you're not doing it with your breakfast every single day. So you're not at that level of addiction. But the habit is that strong. The habit has got hold of you 
gripped you that tight that you can't have two pints without giving your mate the nod and going, should we, uh, do you want to, should we, do you want to go and get, because, because it's in you, it's that, that the behavior is there, but so it's not, it's not a full on addiction doing it in the toilets at work, but if you can't have a couple of beers without wanting it, something needs addressing. 100%. I totally agree with you there. Um, Danny, we'll move into the conversation of sleep because of course, um, alcohol has an effect. Yeah. Um, Cocaine, of course, has an effect because it keeps you up. Um, Again, I want to, I want to ask you a question that kind of like delves into your specialty, really. What are the the three biggest habits that people can change to improve the quality of their sleep? Uh, The the big one is stop stressing, stop worrying, stop overthinking. That all comes down to identity. Um, I believe, and I'll use my girlfriend for this because she's not in, she constantly, 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 constantly talks about how bad a sleeper she is, which means that we obviously, you know, we've spoke about this. Your your ego is self-righteous. Your ego wants to be right. Your, your subconscious is listening. So if you continue to tell yourself that you're insomniac, if you continue to tell yourself that you can't sleep, you are going to live the life of someone who can't sleep. So you're not going to prioritize sleep. So the big one I would say is address the negative self-talk. Stop identifying as an insomniac because you're not an insomniac. You've just got a real shit lifestyle. So that's, that's the first one that I would say. Uh, second one, I believe, I was going to say it's an addiction, but it is an addiction, but it sounds harsh, is caffeine abuse. Okay. I think people consume far too much caffeine on a daily basis. The way that, the way that caffeine works is it has an effect on your body for, for 12 hours. Yeah. So if you have a, a shitload of co- a coffee in the morning, 12 hours later, it's still having the effect on the brain. It's still um, the way that caffeine works is it blocks. There's a, there's a chemical in the brain called adenosine. It blocks that signal. Then it's that it's the adenosine, which, which makes you feel sleepy. So caffeine basically makes you not see all of that. So 12 hours later, you've still got that, that caffeine floating around in your system, which means that you are going to struggle to go to sleep. And when you do go to sleep, because you've habitually been using caffeine for so long, your quality of sleep is going to go through the floor. You're not going to get the required amount of deep sleep. They, they, they reckon habitual caffeine users get 30% less deep sleep. And it's the, it's the deep sleep, which is the physical regeneration. So you wake up in the morning feeling absolutely bollocks, which means that you've got to have another coffee and then you start that whole fucking hamster wheel again. Yeah, I uh, remember having Nick Littlehouse on here in my early podcast days, and um, he, it's something about 50% life, uh, it's got lifespan, right? Caffeine, like it, even 12 hours later, that there will yeah, be. Yeah, so it's, it's, called the, it's you've got a half life and a quarter life. So yeah. your quarter life is is the big one, I think, for us. Um, well, I say, I say for us, I don't have, I don't have caffeine past nine o'clock in the morning. Um, oh, wow. So uh, I know a lot of people will, oh, I don't have caffeine after two. I'm like, well, that's still going to kick you in the dick. Um, yeah. That's me. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't have a monster after three. So, so I'll let it clear. Like, it's a story that you're telling yourself. Yeah. Um, so you've got your half-life is the time it takes for half of the substance to be metabolized and got rid of. And then the quarter-life is obviously the time it takes for there to be still a quarter left in your system. So the way that I describe it, if you have four cups of coffee at nine o'clock in the morning, at nine o'clock at night, it's like having a cup of coffee. Does that does that make sense? Because yeah, it does. You've yeah, got yeah, a quarter yeah. of the original dose. But the, the thing is, you might have two coffees in the morning. You might have another coffee at 11. And then you might have another coffee at two. Um, so then you've got, the, the cumulative effect of all of that caffeine is still having the effect on the adenosine in the brain. So, and it's like, again, I spoke about this on a podcast and my mate Rich was saying, it's such a, it's such an innocent drink. You know, your nan loves a coffee and a cake. So we don't think of it as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Delirious. Del- 
whatever the fucking word is. You can't, you can't, you don't think of it as be, of be having a bad effect on you because oh, my nan drinks it, my auntie drinks it, get lost. She has a coffee cake and a, and a, and a coffee at, at, at dinner time. So you don't, you don't associate it with being bad for you because it's quite an innocent drink. So I think that's that's absolutely massive, huge. You would. I've always like thought of this, and I'm sure I've heard this before somewhere else. It's almost like. Uh like repeated information I've listened to, but if caffeine and alcohol was created tomorrow and went through all of the scientific procedures before it went onto the shelves and stuff. And before uh, all of the governments and the tax men knew that it could make them billions of pounds. My question is, would it even be sold legally? Probably not. Probably it's, not. It, it is incredible, isn't it? Like, yeah. Um, what, when was it? I mean, going back to the conversation of alcohol, this weekend just gone. Uh, oh, that's right. I, I literally had about, I think I had two glasses of wine or Prosecco and a bottle of beer. I knew 100%. I'll tell you when it was. No, it was the, I went to London to watch um, the cup final and yeah. got, got home later than normal. So that means my sleep was two hours. I went to bed two and a half hours later than I normally would. Yeah. And I had... Um, free drinks, free alcoholic drinks in the day, and pff, wow, what a what a difference to habitually going to bed at half ten and going to sleep like body knowing I was shutting yeah. down to getting yeah. home. You then have the guilt, don't you, of not making your normal bedtime. You then have the thought going through your head: Is the alcohol going to affect my sleep tonight? And mm-hmm. then before you know it, you're not going to sleep for another no. hour. No, because alcohol, so we've got caffeine affects your body's ability to generate deep sleep. Deep sleep is the physical regeneration, physical repair. Alcohol affects your body's ability to generate REM sleep. So alcohol inhibits the body's ability to generate REM sleep. And it's REM sleep, which is where we, um, we repair emotionally. We make sense of things that have happened throughout the day. So if you combine... You're drinking too much caffeine. One, you're telling everybody who listen that you're an insomniac when you're not. Two, you're consuming too much caffeine. And three, you're consuming too much alcohol. So you've got the caffeine is kicking you square in the dick when it comes to uh, generating deep sleep. So your physical repair, your physical regeneration, probably why you're not seeing the results that you want in the gym because your body's not getting that nourishing deep sleep. And then you're narky and you're horrible and you're shouting everybody all the time you're crying and you're emotional because you're not getting enough REM sleep so the caffeine's doing that and the alcohol's doing that so and it's it's weird because everybody uses alcohol as a, as a sedative oh I'll just have a little nightcap I'll just I'll just have a little nightcap and it's it's the, it's the exact opposite it, it kicks you square in the dick 100% so for Danny Wilson's coaching then we've mm-hmm. gone through all of the things that people do wrong mm-hmm. in regards to their poor quality of sleep, mm-hmm. drinking too much caffeine, yeah. uh, drinking too much alcohol, potentially uh, ordering a bag after two pints at the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, not sticking up for themselves with whoever it may be and being too soft. What does Danny Wilson's coaching do or change mm-hmm. to enable people to start their own journeys of self-improvement or self-development? Cool. So with my focus being so heavily on sleep, sleep is the foundation, if you like, on of a, of a healthy lifestyle. So when you improve a man's sleep, you are going to help them see life through a different lens. Their perception of events, no matter what the event is, it's going to be completely different. So they can also make better decisions. And it's if you if you think back to the majority of shit decisions you've ever made in your life, you've more than likely followed about out of shit sleep because you become lazy. You just want the easy way out. You you choose less than perfect kind of food choices. You don't go to the gym. You're not as active. You shout at your kids a little bit more. And then cumulatively, the effect of this just, just adds up to a really shit life. So if we can, and this is what I figured, this is why I focus so heavily on sleep. If we can pull things right back to the bare bones and look at the root cause of your behaviors, 
And if, if you're sleeping five or six hours a night, you're not getting enough sleep. And then the effect of that cumulative release, you're not getting the deep sleep, you're not getting the REM sleep. You're not putting yourself in a position to make the right decisions. What do you, so if we, sorry, mate, I've got a question no, no, on that. What on, do you say to people, sorry to butt in with this question. No, no, I'm just no, intrigued. No, um, this, is your, this, is, this is your gig. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say to people that, you, we all know somebody, ah, oh, don't believe the experts. I only need five or six hours yeah, yeah, a night. Yeah. What do you yeah. say to them? How come you're a big, fat, miserable prick then? <laughs> Fair enough. Usually. Carry on. So that, that, is a, that is a very popular belief. Um, it's really weird because humans are the only species on the planet that actively choose to reduce their sleep. If we didn't need sleep, we wouldn't fucking, we're evolved that much now. We've not got tails. We don't live in trees. We've evolved that much that we we wouldn't still need sleep. Yet here we are needing seven to nine hours sleep every single night. The likelihood, actually got this up Chris Williams as well, which is quite an interesting fact. You, I can't remember who he was talking to. The likelihood of you being able to function optimally on five or six hours sleep is the same chance that at some point you're going to get hit by lightning. You, you, you can't, and everyone quotes Margaret Thatcher. Everyone's like, oh yeah, but Margaret Thatcher did. I'm like, listen, listen, Tommy, you're not Margaret Thatcher. You are, you're not, she was, she possibly had a genetic mutation, which means that she didn't need as much sleep as other people. And mm-hmm. she was a miserable bitch anyway. Yeah. There you go. Let's let's uh, let's let's discuss that then. Um, yeah, but it's it's generally the people that that say, "Oh, I don't, I don't need that much sleep." You kind of you you peel back the onion skin a little tiny bit, and they are they're a little bit overweight, they're a little bit stressed, the, the relationship's terrible, they're always getting injured. Um, there's a there's a correlation between if you're not getting enough sleep every every night, your chance of injury goes up. So if you're only getting five or six hours sleep a night, your chance of injury goes up by about seventy percent. So if wow. you're always getting injured, if you're always ill, if you struggle to lose weight, you can't stop snacking, can't stop boozing, always shouting at your missus, shouting at the kids, everything's a catastrophe, yet you're still telling me that you only need five hours sleep. Okay, go figure, you know. So what else does Danny Wilson look at to improve the clients that he works with for their optimal men's health? So once we've... It's really cool because once we've got sleep sorted it's almost like everything else just falls into place because they are sleeping seven to nine hours their 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 want to snack generally goes down their want to train generally goes up their outlook on life completely changes so once we are at that level if i then start suggesting certain lifestyle changes when it comes to what time you're going to get up every day, what you're going to have for your first meal every day, how much water you're going to drink. Are you going out this weekend? It all starts to kind of the decisions they make are in line with the person who they say that they want to be. So they stop talking a good game and they start actually putting into practice. They have, you know, three to four meals with, with, with a good amount of protein. They, they start to snack less. They start to drink less. It all, it all, it all falls into place. And then it depends from when I was coaching people one-to-one, it would depend on what their specific goal was. And then we could kind of, you know, you give them, give them what they need to get them what they want. So fix the sleep issue, pull it, pull it right back, get them sleeping seven to nine hours of quality sleep. Because I think a lot of people think that time in bed equals time of sleep and it doesn't. Um, if you, if you're looking at getting seven to nine hours sleep, you need to be in bed for eight to 10 hours because you're not, you're not asleep for the second you get to bed and the second you get up, even though sometimes you think, you think that you've had a really good night's sleep. You, you haven't, it's, it's called a, it's called sleep efficiency. Most people have about a 70% sleep efficiency. Yeah. The, I don't know how accurate, um, the Fitbit sleep efficiency tracker is, but mine varies so much between sort of 75% yeah. to high eighties. Very, very rarely do I ever see it in the nineties. Yeah. And I assume that's because I am drinking caffeine up until yeah. 2 PM. I am 
probably not going to bed early enough, even though, again, like I say, like I'm in bed by half 10 every night, but really if I'm getting up at eight o'clock every day or half eight every day, that's, to be fair, that kind of works out all right. So I will leave that bit, but mm-hmm. I get where you're going. Like without the, the nitty gritty percentages, yeah, you're not going to hit those 90%, are you? Oh, absolutely not. Because you, so what generally happens is people, people scroll on social media while they're in bed. I don't know if you do. I don't know if you, I don't know if you want to, you want to confess my child. Do you um, know what? Do you know what? I was speaking to Rob about this on last week's episode. My screen time now, it's still not amazing. It's around four hours. Yeah. But weekly it's going down yeah, and yeah, down yeah. and down. It's one of the things I've kicked. Yes. My phone is still by my bed because I've got an, I have an alarm and my ears are shit. So like I need it close to me. Otherwise I won't wake up. Get a, um, get a two pound alarm from Amazon. But just a, a regular alarm clock. Yeah, old it's not a bad shout to be fair. Old school. And then just leave leave your leave your phone on the on the landing because if if you are we are that conditioned to pick our phones up at the drop of a fucking hat now that if you wake up in the night and you for whatever reason can't get back to sleep, if your phone's here, you're gonna be like, oh, just have a little scroll on YouTube. Just have a little. I'll just see it, see if anyone's like that picture I put up, and then you you're shining a bright light in your face, which is basically telling your body it's time to get up. Light is is one of the biggest um, timekeepers, if you like, of your circadian rhythm. So when you start shining light in your eyes, especially between the hours of ten and four, if you shine light in your eyes, you are basically telling your brain, "Oh, good morning, it's time to get up." So you've got the physiological effect of light hitting you in the face. And then you've got the triggering emotional response of someone posting something on social media that you don't agree with. You're in a, you're in a fairly heightened emotional state anyway because you've just woken up. Then it's just going to trigger all this kind of stuff and you're just, you're just not going to get to sleep. So the temptation is there. Like I said, we're conditioned that much. The, the phones and the software and the apps, they're created by the best behavioral scientists on the face of the planet. They are de- fully designed to keep you clocking and needing to pick up your phone. So if your if your phone's there and you you can't get sleep for five minutes, you're gonna go. Oh, I'll just have I'll just scroll until I'm tired. It just just doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary Terrifying. the way this. One hundred percent, mate. And and with me and Rob went in deep on uh, the metaverse and all of the social media, like. I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it, as a, as an online coach to kind of disillusion yourself with social media because I mean, you can look at it through what a, a negative perspective and be like, it's not good for this, it's not good for that, it's not good yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. But for us, um, with the pod, with my podcast, with your yeah. business, it's a, it's, it's a necessary evil, isn't it? One hundred percent. Both my brothers, I've got two brothers, and they're not on social media. Wow. Mm. Do, what are their like? I'm intrigued to know what their reasoning behind that is. Um, they don't like it. They don't like anyone. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, Danny, I've seen you on another podcast speak about um, relationships and you go mm. quite in deep uh, or in depth, in deep, in depth, whichever, in depth with um, relationships. And it's something that's kind of um, on the periphery vision of uh, personal development itself. For yourself... How would you explain to men specifically how to um, nourish and look after a successful relationship? Wow, that's that's a deep question. Um, I would say the first thing is to not expect yourself in them. Amazing. I would say that don't try and fix issues just listen because a lot of the times they just want to vent and when you start because it's the the masculine energy inside you is is trying to fix things is trying to is trying to um solve problems because that's that's what the masculine does the masculine's a problem solver so it's it's your first reaction to start offering solutions and offering problems and that that never that never really goes well because it just because, like you, you just put, put your nose in, aren't you? Really? Yeah, and you're offering your solution to somebody mm-hmm. else's problem. Hundred percent. 
which 100%. if it's your problem yeah fair enough and, and it's, it's it's an uninvited solution yeah so it's yeah i think i don't think that's ever that's never a good that's never a good thing to do but do think- i think yeah i think they're the big ones don't expect yourself in them and don't don't try and solve all their problems do you think it's an unhealthy habit to offer advice when it's not asked for danny yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. because you just because you look like a dick you look like you look like you uh you look like you believe that you know more than that other person um and i've I, you know i'm i've done this a, a, a million times on, on social media someone will put a post up and then and i'll go oh why don't you do this and they're like fuck off and it's like <laughs> it's not that like, easy no it's not no. like yeah and i mean where am I? It is. It is harsh, and it it can be deemed as like uh, me think like feeling or thinking that I'm above people. Mm-hmm. But unless people want to take your advice by asking for it, yeah, it no matter who well you are, because yeah, you've only got to look at like Paul, for example, or um, let's let's pick a massive influencer like on a good level let's just say james smith right james smith's yeah. got 1.5 million people or whatever it is that follow him let's mm-hmm. say that means that there are over 8 billion people on this planet that or maybe not that many but overweight people on this planet let's say two two but there's two billion people on this planet that yeah. are overweight that have access to james smith's um like site website cal- calorie calculator that have chosen that they don't want to listen to him for his help. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, like, when you look at it from that perspective, when it's you and your partner in the room, it just shows, doesn't it? That actually don't expect you from them and your advice, wait to give it, wait to give it until- Wait till, wait, yeah, wait till, wait till you're asked. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, you know, the, the same as social media. No one, go, no one goes on social media. No one puts a question on social media who actually wants the answer. They don't actually want advice. They just want their version to be validated. That's that's what I've found, that someone will, will put a, a, a question up. Uh, can you just tell me if this, that, and the other? Day? All they're doing is validating their own behaviour. Or that they know the answer that they want to hear. And that most of the time, you haven't got that answer. You Your your answer, your rational answer is not the emotional answer that they want. I'm not so going you mad. go, oh, why don't you do this? And then yeah, it's yeah, one hundred percent. If you saw me waving, and I'm not going mad, my other half just walked in. <laughs> I figured. I, I figured. So we're coming to the end of like what has been a podcast full of value again, um, and incredible chat. But overall, for you, Danny, I did the same. I'm going to ask you a similar question that I asked on the previous podcast, if mm-hmm. you don't mind. Of course. The top five things in general that you do to look after your own mental health and general health and well-being okay um so the 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 first one which drives my girlfriend bananas is i go to bed at the same time every single night obviously when i say every single we went to a wedding on friday and i didn't but quarter, quarter past nine every single night without fail I'm nudging and going, do we, do we, can we, can we go to bed? Are we, are we going to bed? Drives are mad, but I do it every single night because I need to, I need that, um, uniformity. I can't get the words out today. Conformity. I need that. that, Yeah. I need that conformity. I need that rigid, um, schedule. So because I get up, so because I go to bed at the same time, I pretty much get up at the same time every single day. That to me, getting up at the same time every day is absolutely imperative to having a successful day, to, to living in alignment, if you like, with the person that you want to be. If you stagger that, if you get up one day, like generally for me, between half five and six, I wake up. I don't use an alarm. I wake, I wake up and I wake up because I because I prioritize my help and I prioritize my sleep. I wake up and I generally feel like I do now, I don't. I feel fine. Um, so I like to get up. I like to get up before the rest of the family. I like to have my little thirty to sixty minutes to kind to to myself. So going to bed at the same time, 
getting up at the same time. Um, I have to do some form of tr- exercise every single day. Um, for me now, I alternate going to the gym and going for a run, going to the gym, going for a run. I do that pretty much every day. Wednesdays, I have a slightly busier day uh, coaching calls. So I tend to, I have Wednesdays off, but I, I, I loathe doing it because I, because I need to have that something that I do every day. Um, for me, a cold shower every single morning, which sounds life coachy and sounds hippy dippy and sounds trendy, but I've been having cold showers for a very, very long time. Um, for me, I just don't think you can kind of beat it. I just don't think the exhilaration and the instant amplified state that you get from it. I, ju- I just think you need to do it every day. And I, you know, I, I'm never, ever, ever, ever sick. So maybe it's the cold showers. Who knows? Wow. Yeah. Fair play. Did you, what would you say the one biggest or the biggest benefits you get from your cold showers are but the amplified states that just puts you in a, a awoken mood, we'll say. Oh God. Yeah. Well, me and me and my mate Luke call it, uh, he's a very successful online coach. Um, we call it the Batman protocol. So you you get in the shower feeling normal and you get out the shower feeling like Batman because it's just like, bring it on. It's I challenge anybody to to get out of a cold shower feeling the way that they did when they got in. I like that. I love that. Uh, four and five for you are? I don't, do you know what? I don't really know. I don't really know. Uh, prioritizing sleep is obviously my main one. Yeah. Um, not having caffeine for the first 90 minutes is, is a massive one. That's that's a huge one, that, because that there's a couple of reasons that that's really, really good. Number one, it makes you realise that saying that you need a coffee is a story. And then when you look at realising that that's a story, you can start going, well, what else is a story? Mm. Do I do I need to have something sweet? Do I need to snack? Do I need to eat this shit? Do I need to do that? No, you don't. So you've got that. And then you've got the effect that when you do have a cup of coffee in the morning, again, it works. It works. So you don't get the three or four coffees in the morning and feel and feeling scatty. You have one coffee and you feel, you feel like thingy Bradley Cooper and limitless. You feel ah. absolutely incredible. hundred percent. Amazing. Danny. I always ask this question to um, all of my guests at the, at the end of the podcast. And my question is, Danny, what is next for you? What challenges do you have upcoming and where do you want your business to go? I would say the challenge for me next is I've recently transitioned from what, from one-to-one coaching to uh, selling an online product, online courses. So that challenge to me is very, very good. I'm focusing a lot more on YouTube now. Um, so uh, the immediate future for me is, is growing that side of the business, growing my YouTube to, at the moment, it's like 2,100 subscribers, and I want to get 5,000 by the end of this quarter. Um, yeah, and that's, I suppose that's where I kind of see myself because I want to, obviously, I keep saying I'm 45. I need to stop saying it. I I'm, I'm 32. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's just where I, where I want my business to go because I want my business to be more of a lifestyle business. So I've I want to give people the information that they need, which means that I can spend more time with with my girlfriend, more time with the kids, more time with the dog. Whereas up until now, it's been fairly hectic with coaching call after coaching call after coaching call after coaching call. So up until now, I've been almost selling my time for money. Whereas now I want to have a business that I can, that will run without me, basically. Amazing. Danny, it sounds brilliant. Um, I think we are about to wrap up your podcast. Awesome. How, however, um, where can people come and find you if they want to come and find you on social media and whatnot? And whatnot. And whatnot. So, the best, yeah. the be- so like I just said, YouTube is my, is my main area at the moment. That's just Danny Wilson coaching. I'll ensure um, that is in the links at the bottom of the podcast. Amazing. Perfect. Yeah. And then my, my Facebook profile is where I put a lot of stuff on. It's just Danny Wilson. Perfect. Have you enjoyed your experience on the Grassroots Guy podcast? I've absolutely loved my experience on the Grassroots podcast. 
Great stuff. Uh, if you do want to come and find me, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Grassroots Guy. And if you do want to get in touch with any questions for me or Danny, you can drop them to us in our direct messages uh, or email me at the Grassroots Guy Pod at gmail.com. If you would love to do me the favor of going over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and dropping a five star review, it does go a long, long way of helping the podcast out in the future. And you will find me here with a new episode every Friday. Thank you very much for listening to the show. Uh, it's a bye from me and a bye from Danny. Let's do it, yeah. Thank you for having me, man. <laughs> no, no worries. Take care. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>